What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Good stuff on the uh, Specs text line. Appreciate the contributions on uh, best athlete in any sport never to win the championship. And it, I had to look. Barry Bonds never won a championship? No. But the Pirates or the Giants? Oh, definitely. Well. Never won. I mean, he won for, with the All-Star game. I mean, he would be the answer in my mind if he didn't. He won one, didn't he? One point along the, the way. Well, I know he didn't with Pittsburgh. He was there 82 to 92, then 93 to 07 with the Giants. Uh, he was a great college player, too. If you, if you talk a lot of college baseball with the uh, tournament beginning at Arizona State, he was one hell of a college Little player. Little Griffey didn't win either, did he? Griffey Jr.? N- uh, no. Seattle won one with him there late, right? N- no. Seattle's never won one, have Really? They? No. Don't believe so. Uh, but, yeah, those are good answers. Appreciate those. Also, uh, our own... I think Earl Iverson Campbell. got close, didn't he? he, he Allen got Iverson swept. got to the finals and lost to the Lakers. Uh, Barry Sanders, Malone Stockton, Jim Kelly, Colt McCoy. Good one uh, in the college level, I would guess you're saying. But uh, Tony Romo, the miracle. Tony Romo never sniffed a Super Bowl. Hey, he, he had, was a good player. He had the most fourth quarter comebacks of anyone ever. For, for a, I don't know if he still holds that. Just say, about that slick, to be on this list, you, ball. let's just say you know, the slippery ball trick in Seattle. <laughs> slippery ball trick. You have to. Oh, this says Ted Williams, not even close. Well, that's true. Ted Williams did win a championship, but yes. He's the greatest hitter of all time. I need to catch up on my baseball history. Now that the Rangers are good again, I can finally I can finally buy in. Big Head Bonds, Griffey Jr. Big Head Bonds. I'd put Barkley on that list. And for the Romo person, you gotta at least be in the Hall of Fame to even be in this conversation. Steve Nash? Ooh, Steve Nash. No, he's not. I mean, he's not greater John than Stockton. Nash not greater than Stockton or Malone no. or Barkley. Who never won the championship? What about uh, of the guys that like chased to like join teams later in their career? Barkley, yeah. Barkley did that, yeah, um, with the Rockets. Drexler won one with Portland, right? I, I uh, Drexler won one with Houston, not Portland. I thought no, he won one in Portland too. Mm-mm, no, sure, did not. Came to Houston and won one with Akeem. They never won a college championship, but they won an NBA championship with Michael. Michael Jordan was playing baseball, so they won back to back. Yeah, footballer would be Dan Marino. Dandy Dun- uh Dan Marino, you think best football player better than Barry Sanders? You think would you say better football player, Dan Marino or Barry Sanders? Over Barry. a whole career? Barry like Sanders. What? Okay, then he would be the baseball or the football. Right? Right? Um you know, now Jim Brown, the now late Jim Brown, he didn't win a Super Bowl. They won the the, the what did they call it back before then the, the AF, AFL championship or whatever it was the um, but he never won a Super Bowl Jim Brown he retired but uh, that would be one Dominique Wilkins good one <laughs> that's good all right we appreciate those JJ Watt good answer 
on the football side of things, never did. And I, I thought along the way Barry Bonds won a World Series. Guess not. Who's someone that, like, in the 2000s? Well, he was an unbelievable like, like college in my life, player. I've been trying to think. I, of. You know, I always, we, we were doing the show when this was happening, and his head was growing, and he was, you know, going going that direction. He didn't have to. I mean, Barry Bonds was one of the greatest players of all time before the Jim steroids. Kelly was in a lot of them. Who? Jim Kelly was in a lot Jim, of championships. Well, Jim yeah. Kelly played in four Super Bowls um, with the Buffalo Bills. But, yeah, I mean, Barry Bonds was, a, was one of the greatest players of all time before he did anything illegal. But then he did it anyhow, uh, which was unfortunate. Chasing McGuire and Sosa and the, the headlines that they were, you know, and the home run numbers they put up. But, uh, all right, so we'll, we'll continue to take those. I believe he went to a World Series. Yeah, that, that's what it is. The Bonds was in a World Series with the, with the Giants that didn't win it, uh, which is good. Um, all right, let's get to the headlines, trending topics, including what uh, Nick Saban had to say in Destin, Florida yesterday. UBO Business uh, Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Start uh, in Destin, Florida. SEC spring meetings underway this week in two major topics. Scheduling in the new look big uh, SEC and then the name, image, and likeness debate raging. On the topic of scheduling, the debate is around what model the conference will adopt after beginning in 2024 with Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference. Two most prominent being debated are a nine-game conference schedule that is a three-plus-six model that would have each team playing, each of the 16 teams playing three teams on an annual basis and then rotating the other six. The eight-game schedule model would allow for just one rival game to be preserved and then rotate the other seven. Also in Destin yesterday, Alabama head coach Nick Saban made some pretty big news and as he voiced support for the prospect of college athletes unionizing and being treated as employees rather than the current name, image, and likeness concept that he says creates inequities for schools from state to state. From the podium in Destin yesterday, Saban said, quote, unionize it, make it like the NFL. I have no problem with that. I mean, if it's going to be the same for everyone, I think that's better than what we have now. Major League Baseball last night, Texas Rangers beat Detroit 10-6. to as that uh, improved to a league best or a, a best franchise mark ever of 35 and 19 through 54 games on the year down in Houston, the Astros 10 over 500 at the 54 game mark, 32 and 22. They beat the uh, Twins five to one last night down in uh, Sugarland. Round Rock dropped the opener of their series to the Space Cowboys five to four. And in the NBA, how about uh, Golden State Warriors president of basketball operations Bob Myers stepping away from the franchise? He's been on the, on the as the team's GM or chief architect since 2012. Has overseen the construction of a roster that made six trips to the finals, won four championships. Change in New York as well. Knicks have parted ways with their general manager Scott Perry after six seasons. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Come see one of the many reasons your mama loves us this month by getting select Toro and Hustler zero turn mowers for up to 26 percent off. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Says Jordan did play for the Bulls when the Rockets won their second title. He rejoined them midseason. That's true. That's when he came back from baseball, and they didn't make it out of the East. Uh, Rockets. That was the year they beat uh, Orlando, and and a, a young Shaq. In the, the when Clyde the Glide got his championship. Hey Buck, you know, uh, before we get back to the Nick Saban conversation, um, the I know this that since we went went to the SEC with Oklahoma like a couple of hobos on a train. What? They're not our main rival. What? We want the Aggies back. Give the us main that. Main football Eve. rival for Texas is Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. No. Who's AM's biggest rival? Texas. Same with Tech. We're uh, trying to put all that stuff to rest, aren't we? The- I mean, I just want to beat them. It's been too long. I just yeah. want to beat them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more eager to it's play. It's family. Now. And that's why it is. But 
again, if they go to this eight-game model and there's de- debate whether they're going to or not, each team would have one rival game. And as I said earlier... Yeah, one, and that should be the one, I believe. I don't think so. I don't think that's the way it would fall. Why? Because we like to make the trip to Dallas? I mean, is that everybody's deal now? No. Everybody wants the trip? Texas's main rival is Oklahoma in football. That's fine. Ohio State's is Michigan. Alabama's is Auburn. Texas's biggest rival is Oklahoma. Is it not A&M because we just have dominated that series? No, we've just been apart so long. uh, What, since 2011? Well, do you think... When but all those teams were in the Big Twelve, that A and M was Texas's biggest rival. I believe so. I do not. When they played the biggest in-state rival, but the biggest rival was Oklahoma. I I dislike A and M way more than I dislike Oklahoma. <laughs> well, that's fine because <laughs> I respect I, I respect Oklahoma. They well, actually, right. actually win things. Yeah, I mean, we can. That's a debate that you know, there's not a right answer to. I think, but at the same time, what I think would happen if they go to the eight-game schedule, they're going to keep the Oklahoma game. Um, and remember, the TV partners have huge influence over this, and I think they would push. And what what ESPN would push for if they don't get the votes. And remember, this is about money right now. There's yes. the thing you're already hearing in Destin is, um, you know, schools saying, "Well, if we're going to go to a ninth conference game, you know, we believe that's about five million dollars annually revenue wise for each school. Is ESPN willing to pay that? And we'll go to nine games. If they don't, then we're not we're not compelled." to go to a ninth conference game, and we'll just keep it where it is. Um, but, you know, that then, I mean, there's a it's not just Texas and Texas A&M. If they go to that model and they're getting rid of East-West and divisionless SEC, which they, they've already said they're doing, well, then if you're Alabama, you're going to play Auburn, but then you're not playing LSU every year, which is one of the most anticipated games of the year on an annual basis. But you're not losing that Auburn game. I ain't going anywhere. Well, think, Iron Bowl. Well, think about uh, Georgia. Georgia would have to keep Florida. But that would mean they wouldn't play Auburn every year. They wouldn't play. Yeah, their somebody's other... going to lose something. I think every team, when you start rotating games, uh, just you know, game you know, year by year, and that's why it's a better format to go three plus six, the nine game schedule where you keep three rivals. Um, you know, so Texas would be A and M, Arkansas, and Oklahoma, and then they'd rotate the rest. They play those two, three schools every year, and every school in the in the SEC would have those three set rivals. Alabama would keep Auburn, LSU, and then you would debate the next one, what their third would be. But, um, you know, Oklahoma would keep it. Texas, they'd probably add Arkansas, and there's been talk that they would get Missouri. And A&M, A&M would not become an annual rival of, of Oklahoma's at that point. But uh, that's why you hope, if you're a fan, they go nine games. They go nine games. They, oh, for sure. Because I don't think we want to have that debate. I don't think you move to the SEC for football reasons and for money, and not play A&M every year. I mean, I think that's part of the deal. I think that's what ESPN would argue, too. And let's also remember with ESPN, they're saying, wait a second, when this happens, we've already agreed to, I mean, you're going to, the rights fees are going to go through the roof in 2024. When the ESPN contract kicks in, every school in the SEC is going to be making 70 to $75 million annually in media rights. And you want us to pay more now to get a ninth game that we no. all assumed was part of the deal? Uh, well, now they're making that a wedge issue. To go from eight to nine, uh, this says Bama would be Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. I like that a lot. I like that oh, a lot. Oh, for sure. Um, so we'll you know weigh in. What's your biggest rival? If you're, I didn't go to Texas. Ty, you didn't either, so you don't get a vote. Fair. <laughs> Ty, Who's Ty, Texas State's biggest rival? I don't UTSA? know. Who are they? Probably. Would UTSA say that? Probably. Yeah, the Y thirty five rival. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, this is Bucky. That's wrong. OU is our rival. Period. Yeah. 
That's just the but madness I, of being mad. That's all. Well, no, I think they're right. And I do think they hate A&M more, but does that make them a better, bigger rival? I mean, the Texas OU game, the Cotton Bowl, the— There you go. You're going back to that whole well, that's part take of a it. trip. That's part of it. Do you want to lose, you want to lose that annually? Oh, I want to have the, the one where you go to College Station and they come here. Well, cutting out horns at the mid-mid-fill. Mid, I mean— I don't think that ever happens. There's too much investment. There's too much time. There's too much tradition. And for the Aggie side of it, it would just be, well, yeah, we haven't played you in 12 years anyhow. Uh, we'll just yeah, make it's, that, just, it's just the time. I do think by. if they end up at eight games, which is a bad model, but if it's there, you have to say that at least in year one, the SEC would schedule the rotation to make sure Texas plays Texas A&M at least in year one. Just they got to yes. do that. Because then you don't see them for four years, maybe. I don't even know how that math works when you're rotating, you know, six, you know, fifteen other teams or fourteen other teams on a year by year basis. Um, I don't even know what what that would look like every, you know, on a rotational level. But uh, we'll follow that story. And obviously, the Nick Saban story's got some serious. When Nick Saban speaks, people listen. He's dominated college football for you know, fifteen years now, and him saying, and here's his exact quote from the podium. I mean, this is out of the meeting. He, he went there with the intention of saying this. That's pretty obvious. Uh, he was taking questions from the media. And then we, he mentioned he isn't opposed to the idea of schools unionizing a portion of the of utilizing a portion of their media rights revenue and straight up paying players rather than funneling money through NIL collectives. It says that way everyone is operating by the same rules as opposed to a rules of whatever state a school resides in. And here's his quote. He says, I have no problem with that. Unionize it. Make it the like the NFL. If it's going to be the same for everyone, I think that's better than what we have because what we have now is some states and some schools in some states are investing a lot more money in terms of managing their roster than others. I think this is going to create a real competitive disadvantage for others in the future. It's also going to create an imbalance in the competitive nature of the sport, which is not good for the sport. He also went on to say, you think there's parity here, question mark? As he stepped away from the podium, I think the way Southern Cal, Texas, and Texas A&M are spending money it hasn't hit yet. What you're willing to spend is the new model. So Nick Saban. And we know this is a, a, a you know, he said it about Jimbo Fisher last year when he was speaking in front of the Alabama boosters that, you know, Texas and Texas A&M have scores of billionaires and a lot of money um, that Alabama's not ever going to have. I mean, they don't, what is there, one billionaire in all of the state of Alabama? And, you know, that's, you, you, I understand Nick Saban saying we can't compete with that if that's the way the model's going to be, but there, there are those that say, well, tough tough beans, Saban. That's the free market. That's just what it is. Uh, now, I do understand his point of each state having its own rules, how states are governed, just if you're playing games cross state lines. Right. Um, that is, you know, we just talked about what happened at the Texas legislature this month, and there's a new law that's been enacted that gives – the collectives and the uh, the NIL folks more freedoms and more liberties to you know collect more money and give out perks to donors and that type of stuff that um, is a different rule in the state of Texas than other states. Uh, but you know, Nick Saban talking about somebody imbalance. has to control that. Nick, yeah. NCAA's not. No, they're out. Right, they're asking the feds to do it, and uh, yeah, this is. But the disparity, look, we'd also have to say, in fairness, Nick Saban, there's never been a level playing field in college football. Uh, never. Never. No. Uh, but, you know, however it was built before, 
The winners win. The top teams get the best players. The top teams win the most games. That's always been the case. And at the Blue Blood schools like Alabama, if you get the right coach, you're going to win. And for Texas, Texas fans will turn around and say to Nick Saban, what are you talking about? We haven't won a national championship and going on 20 years now. In 2005, Nick, you've won how many? Um, you know, don't and I know Saban's looking down the road here, but at the same time, what, what kind of balance are you talking about? What inequities? You know, this this NIL should create a level playing field uh, because we're we're all doing it above board now. Yeah, we'll get back to sneaky again. There's always going to be that. Well, and that, you know, well, they just, the Texas State House just made it, you know, give you more freedom to be sneaky. Sure. And it's not even sneaky. It's just now there are new, new uh, you know, options that are allowed. So, uh, Nick Saban, go ahead and unionize it. And as we said earlier, and we've said it many times, when the conference realignment all settles in. You get four of them. In the report this morning that backs up what we've been saying for a while now, that Colorado, uh, the University of Colorado, having substantive talks with the Big 12 and Brett Yormark about joining the Big 12. I also think Arizona, they've got to be a little more quiet about it because they've got Arizona State, and there's political things in that state they're dealing with. But I think Arizona and Colorado are likely to join the Big 12 sooner than later. As we get closer to the collapse of the Pac-12 and the formation of four big conferences, right? Um, you know, and as we've said, that the four big conferences could separate from the NCAA and then govern themselves and try to create a set of rules that, is not conference by conference or state by state. Which but is it, fair for everybody. But it's everybody that's within that four-conference right. realm that's playing at the highest levels, collecting the, the most money and revenue. Uh, but again, yeah, it's it's wild, wild west for sure. And Nick Saban saying, because I also say this, you know, Nick Saban said, you know, make it the NFL, you know, you know, pay the players. But, you, you know, again, you can't do that sport by sport. If you're going to do that, the NCAA has to do that for every student-athlete which Nick Saban knows very well they can't do. Uh, they can't make all 550 student-athletes at the mm-hmm. University of Texas employees. There's just no way that, that that's feasible. Uh, but that's what Saban is saying because Saban knows good and well when he says that he can't just say football gets unionized and they become employees. Um, that would not work. But it would work if they separated from the NCAA and you know separated the, the top from the, the, middle, the middle and the middle from the bottom and and let the NCAA run every other sport, including football that's not of those 64 teams, and have a different set of rules. And as you say, hire a commissioner, treat it like the NFL. Um, yeah, try to for build the, for the parity. Four league, for the four conferences, yeah. you're right. And, you know, it would make a mess, but it's not like it's not a mess right now. And uh, so Nick Saban making well, we some got news. no rules now, just about. And they knew they were going to go into this the, the first year through all the NIL. But how long are they willing to just leave it the same? It'll be the same again this year. Well, coming up in our in our nine o'clock hour to be our live music update with Nick Shuley, but Nick is uh, tied in big time with the Clarkfield Cooperative and the uh, Texas One Fund, and uh, we'll talk to him about that. Uh, what he's hearing behind the scenes with this new state law in Texas that does open up some freedoms. So yeah, uh, that's the those are the big topics going on at the SEC spring meetings. And remember, Texas is there. Chris Del Conte, Jay Hartzell, and the contingent of Longhorns brass are there, but they don't have a vote. There is no vote for Texas. If they have a vote on scheduling or anything pertaining to the SEC, that will not happen until next year. Right now, Texas and Oklahoma can be there with a presence and voice their opinions, but they don't get to vote. Not yet. Uh, Not yet. That'll start next summer uh, for sure. So I like that. That's the first time Nick Saban's put Texas in this conversation because we know he went after Jimbo Fisher and A&M for buying their recruiting class. That was number one. But Saban said, 
you think I, I think the way oh, he's Southern, put his buddy Sark right in here. I think the way Southern Cal, Texas, and Texas A and M are spending money, it hasn't hit yet, but it's coming. Essentially, saying uh, they're 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 outspending everybody. And uh, remember, Southern Cal with Lincoln Riley has not been outside of this. We remember Pat Narduzzi, the coach at Pittsburgh, openly criticized him for you know poaching Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, the Blitnikoff winner at Pittsburgh to USC, and doing it with money. We know Texas. You know, no secret with Quinn Ewers and you know some of the moves that they've made. Then you know Texas has been and Texas A&M have been very aggressive with their NIL cooperatives to be able to, you know, get players on campus and get them NIL deals in place. Of course, they're not supposed to be able to lure them with the promise of bags of money, but um, you know that's that's where we are, my friends. Not good, but what's the answer? What well, is the answer? Well, you couldn't do it in one year. You just we're gonna. Watch how t- how people took advantage of it, or or not take advantage of it. Just the rules were there were no rules, and now you've got to make up rules. Well, now states are making up their own rules yeah, to make right. sure they're and obviously the rules within each they state. They don't want to is, be behind either. Well, yeah, the, the the states are going to make it because they get lobbied by the the school presidents and people and say, hey, make this as easy on us as we can. As long as they're not telling us we can't, let's make the state right. laws as uh, friendly to this as we possibly can, and. That gives us, sure, gives us an advantage. But in the state of Texas, that would be welcomed at Texas and Texas A&M and Texas Tech and you know all the schools that, that play big-time football. There are 13 D1 schools now in the state of Texas, and they all will play under those same set of rules. All right, we will uh, continue those conversations. Your thoughts on Texas A&M or Oklahoma if it comes to that as far as choosing an annual rivalry game. Uh, also, we'll start to preview that NBA Finals. We'll get you a flex update coming up. Craig Way has a report, Gossip and Blitz, before the end of the hour. And, you know, as we're talking coaches, Buck, in the NBA Finals, can I mention the, the, the Sixers have officially hired Nick Nurse. Is that a done deal? Nick Nurse is the new coach of the yes. Philadelphia 76ers, replacing Glenn Doc Rivers. He won a championship in Toronto, correct, mm-hmm. Nick Nurse? You know what's interesting? These, the players so run the league. We know that in the NBA. It's a player's league. These coaches, you know, I did not realize this. That Daryl Morey is in charge in Philadelphia, right? He runs the front office of he the does. 76ers. He was in Houston. You know one of the reasons that Nick Nurse got this job is his relationship with Daryl Morey back to the days in, in 2011 through 2013 when Nick Nurse coached the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Rio Grande Valley Vipers of the G League. And then did a good job there and climbed to the top where he won a championship. Uh, these coaches, man, it's amazing their paths to becoming head coaches, the connections that they make, and then how quickly they'll fire a coach for one bad season. They're going from a doctor to a nurse. A <laughs> doctor to a nurse. I like that. And now he gets it in his relationship. I mean, think about it. I mean, we know that uh, um, Quinn Snyder was, of course, a coach of the Austin Toros slash Spurs. He's now with the Hawks. You've got uh, Darvin Ham coaching the L.A. Lakers, who's come out of that G League. Uh, interesting that Green Nick Nurse. pretty young blood. Yeah, but then they then they do good and they get fired. Like One bad year, see you later. You go, you're Monty Williams. You go from coach of the year to fired. One season to the next in the NBA. Uh, it is a player's league, obviously. We'll Good. see what happens to Joe Mazzula. Yeah. What do you think happens? Think they keep him? I think so. I mean, here, as we said, we, we mentioned the tweet from uh, uh, Bill Barnwell yesterday, which was interesting to me that, you know, in, in, if you go back to the late 80s, at, with, with Scottie Pippen at 24 years old and Michael Jordan at 26, they lost in the conference finals by 19 points with a first-year head coach, the Bulls did. They kept with Phil Jackson, 
and they built around Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, and we know what happened after that. They went on to win six championships in eight years, and Jordan established himself as the greatest player of all time. The, the parallel is not to say anybody is Michael Jordan, but a first-year head coach who was in the, you know, Phil Jackson was on the staff when they fired uh, the previous coach, who was Don, D- D- Doug Collins. Mm-hmm. They fired Doug Collins. They promoted Phil Jackson in year one, made it all the way to the conference finals with their two superstars at 26 and 24, and they stuck with Phil Jackson. They went on to win all the championships. Joe Mazzulla took over from the bench, took over for uh, Ime Udoka. And, and they this, weren't coming off a championship. No. Uh, yeah, they but had Jason, been in the final. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been playing. Like Jordan came into the league as, what, a 21-year-old, 22-year-old? Yes, 20. So they played three more years than Jordan did? Either way. I mean, Jason point. Tatum is 24. Jalen Brown is 26. Mm-hmm. And so you've got these two young stars. Do you stick with it? and believe that the best is to come as we build and, and put players around him? Or do you look at that and say, you know what, Joe Mazzullo is just not up to the, up to the task here. We need to hire I'm not the best that. coach possible. I think I'm it's more about, more about those two guys not being up to the task. Well, that's what I thought as, as time went on. It was about the two guys. It wasn't so much about the coach. So I'm going to give the coach but, another but, year. But don't you have to uh, – Because the other two guys aren't going, by, going anywhere after next year either. Well, don't you have to consider – I mean, Jason Tatum just had a 51-point closeout game in a Game 7, did he not? That happened in this playoffs. I know he got hurt in Game Seven here right. and wasn't you know was a shell of himself. Um, but and so you can and he didn't do enough. And Jalen Brown had a terrible game. Uh, but again, is it, are there best years to come? And if you can keep these two together, put the right coach in place who, like Phil Jackson, can can build this thing. Is you know is Joe? But I'm gonna give, well, I'm going to give it more than one year to find out if that's if he's the right guy. Or did you see enough in that one year that he's no. not the guy? Becomes the question. Um, they had a pretty good regular season with that guy. We'll take your thoughts, uh, NBA coaches, Nick Saban, scheduling in the NFL in the uh, new SEC. It's all part of a busy Wednesday here on BNE. It's Bucky and Aaron. Wednesday on the Horn, that's right, already to the midweek on the final day of May because of the uh, extended weekend. You're almost over the hump and into a great sports weekend. With uh, the NBA Finals tipping off tomorrow night, the Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Game one of that uh, series of the Heat will be a, you know, a heavy underdog again. But um, don't count them out with Jimmy Butler and company uh, and what they've done already. We mentioned that stat earlier, Buck, that I think is of note. And I do think Denver rightfully are the favorite team uh, in this series. With all the rest that they've had, the home court advantage goes to them. The best player in the world is Nikola Jokic right now. But uh, here's the argument for the Heat uh, that they've already knocked off the teams, two teams with the best records in the NBA this year were Milwaukee and Boston. Mm-hmm. They've already beaten both of those teams. Uh, they beat the Knicks, of course, um, as well, the five seed there in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference. The Nuggets, how about this? The Nuggets are just the fourth team to reach the NBA Finals and never face a team with a winning percentage of 550 or better. Because uh, remember, they played the eight seed right. in, then they played the Lakers. I mean, the Suns, and then the Lakers. Uh, those were not among the the best teams in the in the uh, in the West this year. And here's a number: when you say the fourth team to reach the finals and never face you know that quality of opponent, they joined the '56 Warriors, the 1957 Celtics, and the 1959 Celtics. So you're going back to the '50s to find a team that has has had this quote unquote easy a road to the NBA Finals as the Denver Nuggets. Will that play a factor? Meanwhile, the Heat have gone through, again, the top two teams in the league, uh, knocked off Giannis and the Bucks. knocked off, we just talked about Jason Tatum, 
Jalen Brown and the uh, and the Boston Celtics, who were in the finals a year ago, on their way to this matchup. Does that give you uh, Ty any or Buck any optimism that the Heat can win this series? Let's let's start with that conversation. Do you think the Heat can win this series? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think they will. No. I think they'll win Game One. Ooh. Or game one doesn't mean anything Ooh. to me in any of the series. The game one doesn't mean very much to me. I, just, I, I truly believe in a seven-game series in the finals, that's really truly a filling-out process. Who looks good? Who See what the rest did for Denver. Because that next game, you got to figure it out. You can't go – I don't believe you can go down 2-0 in this deal. It's got to be bang, 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 bang. It's going to be maybe a seven-game series. Six or seven for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I well, if they get game one and uh, get to get to steal home court advantage, I think that would be be a major factor for the Heat. But at the same time, because the Nuggets haven't lost a game at home in these playoffs, right. they've been great. But again, the, you know, it's it's fair to say the the record of the Lakers they're a different team in these playoffs than they were, you know, back when they were two and twelve to start the season, and we know that. But at the same time, you know, the, that and that, Denver is much different than the two teams, like you said, that that uh, Miami has beaten the. Sure. That's what I'm, and, I mean. They've, they're filled with players to me, and but their road to the finals has been so much easier, quote unquote, as far as the sure. the, the teams that they've played. And you know, does that give the Heat a, a shot? I, look, I'm not going to count the Heat out. Jimmy Butler's been unbelievable. Uh, Eric Spolstra and his staff and the culture of the Heat do a great job. Um, and you look at the, the the series against the Lakers. I know it was a sweep, but it was a close. I mean, every game went to the to the final minute. And it was the the Nuggets that executed. And look, the Nuggets will take four close wins again to claim their first NBA championship. The Heat are here for the seventh time since 2006. The Nuggets are making their first appearance in the finals. We'll see if that plays a role. Did you soon. say that um, Murray's very similar to Jason Tatum? I think Murray's Jamal Murray for me is. I think the matchup with Jimmy Butler is going to be great because I think they're going to go head to head quite a bit. I don't. Oh. Oh, I don't. I don't want that from. I don't want that There's from. No Murray. way, Jamal Murray guards Jimmy Butler. No, the other way. Butler on Murray on the defense. Well, end. I can see that, but I can't yeah. see Murray being stuck with Jimmy Butler. I think, Jimmy Butler I think will wear him out. Jimmy Butler will probably split time between him and and uh, Michael Porter Jr. Because if, if he can take possessions off, just guarding him in the corner, and you know, making sure he doesn't shoot that three point jumper in the corner, because he's not going to be able to guard Jamal Murray for an entire game and carry the load. Carry the score load. Yeah, that becomes the challenge for Jimmy Butler. Or Murray trying to cover Butler is going to wear him out. Oh, I'd want to. I want to switch. Like if if you're the Heat, you need to get that matchup as much as you can. Sure. And, and when I say Butler on Murray, I think that's going to be in big moments. I agree. The 48 minutes, you don't do that. But there's going right. to be critical moments left in the of game. games. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in you know, even in the Celtics series, when Jason Tatum got hurt at the beginning of Game Seven, it was you know Jimmy Butler had a bunch of steals. Jimmy Butler took took the game away from yes. Jalen Brown, and knowing Jalen Brown at that point was going to have to step up, and Jimmy Butler eliminated him. Uh, now Jalen Brown eliminated himself by missing a ton of shots. <laughs> then he turned the ball over. Turned the ball. Well, but the, of the eight turnovers, three or four of them were forced by Jimmy Butler breaking right. his pocket and playing great defense on him. So yeah, I'm e- I'm eager to see that matchup uh, starting tomorrow night in Denver. Just keep that in mind as you um, think this will be a quick series. I think. They hey, are we make- hearing anything else from the ACC? I mean, is that just uh, what, what are they what are they figuring out for the ACC about all this money exchange and who who deserves this and. Well, they had their meetings that. last week, and uh, there are a lot of conversations. Nothing come, came of it. But, I mean, clearly, of a 14-team conference in the ACC, seven of the league's teams are not happy, and not happy at all. As we said, they've, they've hired lawyers to try to get out of the granting of rights deal. What's their way out? What would it cost? Could they get away? You know, they're, they're on, you know, the, and the next step will be unequal revenue sharing. You know, if you've got the votes of seven uh, of, the, of the more powerful schools, including Clemson and, you know, the, that ilk, 
pushing, saying we, we can't compete with the SEC and the Big Ten. If we don't make some changes, we're going to get left behind. But we know that unequal revenue sharing leads to – it doesn't bode well, right? It was uh, it, disman- it, yeah, it dismantled dis- the Big 12. Disgruntled it's partners. Ne- yeah, it's never worked uh, when we've when, when tried. Now, in this new era, a new time, you know, I mean, if if you're, let's just say, Wake Forest, right? If you're Wake Forest in the ACC – are you going to go ahead and say, you know what, we'll we'll give more to Clemson, we'll give more to Miami, because we as a oh, then conference— they'll never get Notre Dame in there because they're going to right. want uneven. They're, they're going to go, oh, no, we're not right. sharing the same with you, you know, guys. If the Notre Dame were to ever join a conference, it would be the Big Ten, I believe. How does that work for basketball and baseball for Notre Dame? Do they share the revenue just for those sports since there's not really— when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Much revenue, I'm guessing. Well, it's, I mean, it's a big but, difference. But the revenue football. that comes in from your media rights deal is used for all of your sports. It runs. It it, it doesn't go only to football. Right. Yeah, but uh, I mean they're they're only independent for football though. So I'm just wondering how Who, Notre Dame. Yeah, well, I'm just using Wake Forest as an example. Right, they're the number one seed in baseball. They've got a usually good basketball team. Better at football. Their recently, football too. team's okay. But for the for the good of the whole athletic department and the conference to stay in this conference, would you give up? This is the argument. I mean, Wake Forest brings X to the table. Well, Clemson brings a lot more uh, to the table. This was always Texas's argument with teams like Iowa State and K-State and others saying, look, we're the ones. They wanted to be in a conference, but they didn't want to be equal yeah, in the conference. Yeah, we, and we want to help you rise, but we need more to be able to compete. And never more like this because Clemson is looking at that and saying, well, if, if the SEC teams we're competing against for championships are now making $70 million a year and we're down here at 30, that ain't going to work. We need to get closer to 50 or $60 million, and they're asking if we can't get out of the conference, then we need, we need more. Well, the <laughs> ACC the needs pie. to understand they'll never have Notre Dame because Notre Dame will have – they won't go into the ACC unless they have the bigger piece of the pie, right? I again, I don't think they're – they're already got their foot in the ACC, but if they ever joined a conference, I do believe it would be the Big Ten. They want the, and yeah, the, and the Big Ten's the already making you – know, right. their, their school's going to make $100 million. If I was the ACC, I'd let Notre Dame in, though. I mean that's or you're, if you're trying to keep the conference together. That's probably one well, of the right. Yeah, you'd, you'd want them in, but they're they're not going to make the same as this, everybody. Every conference would take Notre Dame if they sure. wanted in, let's yeah. even with unfair. Un- oh yeah, even sharing. Well, I don't know. But, you know, Big Ten would come up with something, but uh, I mean the Big Ten's paying them hundred million bucks now with uh, for their media rights deal through the Big Ten Network and through their PD, the the Fox TV deal. So they're going to make plenty. But again, that becomes the question for the lesser schools. Are we willing to give it up so that we can support the top because the football supports everybody and we can't have our football conference diminished? We can't become third tier. Um, we need Clemson yeah, to, be really to, be Miami to be really good. We need Miami to be really good. We need Florida State to be really good. We need them to be competing with the schools in the SEC and the Big Ten, and they won't under this revenue model. Is, are we willing to do and right, that? Right, Ty. Notre Dame wouldn't go to the ACC and make the same money as the last place team. They, just, they would say, there's no way. We yeah, do they, that. they'd have to be like, let us get ours, and we'll we'll help you all out in yeah. this league. But you know, it was the downfall of the Big Twelve because of the uneasy. You know, just was un, people saw as unfair. Same time, you know, Texas is bringing the TVs and the eyeballs and the interest, and that's raising the money. Why shouldn't we keep more? Um, doesn't seem fair either. All right, let's dive into a quick flex segment. Then you got Craig Way coming. It's time for you to load up the Blitz. They've been great of late, so let's make the final Blitz of May strong coming up. But first, let's get to a quick flex update. 
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, good luck to uh, your Westlake Chaparrales, Ty. They're now two wins away from getting to the Dell Diamond in the state baseball tournament. They've been uh, the number one team in Texas a lot this year, the number two right now in the uh, latest poll. Westlake two wins away from a berth in the UIL 6A semifinals. They swept Eagle Pass over the Memorial Day weekend. I went to a game this weekend. Did you? How'd they look? Looking good? They, they, man, they got some kids out there that look like they could be playing for Texas <laughs> right now, just size-wise. It's crazy. They got some big guys. And Eagle Pass was, you know, once they got through – the Round Rock series, you kind of knew Eagle Pass was going to be a lesser opponent. Uh, but here comes San Antonio Johnson. This is going to be a really good series. That's That Johnson program, one of the best in the city of San Antonio. They play really good baseball. And it's a three-game series. It starts tomorrow night at Werner Field on the Westlake campus, then shifts to San Antonio Northeast Sports Park, which is a really nice park complex as well for Game 2. And if they need to go to a Game 3 buck, it's going to be played in San Marcos which is pretty cool agreement between the two coaches that you wow. get a home game, I get a home game, and then if we have to settle it in game three, we'll play on a neutral field at Bobcat Ballpark in San Marcos. How cool is that? That'll be really cool. They did the same thing in the Round Rock series. They played home and home and then played out at Concordia, and Westlake won that. So good luck to them. Uh, also the Rouse Raiders, uh, who finished 7-5 and five in district play. Uh, remember they played that one-game series with Cedar Park to get here, but they're, they're, then they beat Bernie Champion in the regional finals. Uh, they're going to be who they who they facing now? Uh, no, they're yeah they're playing Bernie Champion now. They got through New Braunfels Canyon after beating Cedar Park. Now in the five A ranks, they're going to play a series with uh, Bernie Champion. Series starts Thursday as well at Concordia University. It'll shift down to Wolf Stadium in San Antonio for Game Two. Third game would be also at Wolf Stadium with the agreement for the coaches. So uh, one at Concordia near Rouse, and then two in San Antonio with Bernie Champion. And the Taylor Ducks. How about the Taylor Ducks, Buck, in 4A? Don't forget them. Yeah, man. They're going to be facing China Spring in a best-of-three series at Baylor Ballpark in Waco for three games at the Baylor Ballpark there. So good luck to those three schools. Still going. Westlake, Rouse, Taylor. Go Ducks. And the Ducks. By the way, your duck sound sounds a lot like your Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, they do sound a lot the same, don't they? Give me the duck first. All right, now I'm do Penn State. <laughs> Was it the same tie? Your, your, your Nittany Lion sounds like a duck that just got goose. <laughs> they, they're different. It's, but it's like the duck got, you know. Somebody stepped on a duck? Took the shocker. <laughs> Who stepped on a duck? Natalia threw it in the electric field. Now let's oh, not start back with Natalia. Come oh, on, she's I, I just d- a little girl. Quick come update on, on that. I texted my mom earlier because she's a she's a big fan of little people, and <laughs> she has been keeping up with the series. We, yes. might, we might have to get an update from her. Could later. your mom be the our, our official insider? You say she's a big fan of little people? I, big fan yeah, of little people? Just, she watches we're, a lot of shows. Oh, I mean, it's, we're getting close. She's, to very in, training she's kind of like Bucky where she's interested. But, she's just interested. So, yeah, I'm just interested. Bucky I'm not, saying she's a little girl. Can we stop with that and be fair? She's, she's a little an girl. adult. She's an adult. Just because she's and got dwarfism and it's tiny doesn't she's, mean she's not an adult. She's still claiming she's a little girl. She's not. It's been proven. Well, she's Medically proven. She's a, she's a con artist. And all that hair. And never judge a book by its cover. A That's little right. person like that can be a con artist and an evil person just like an, a larger person. She's got real boobs, by the way. Great. Whoa. They found that out at the mental, the mental place. Well, little girls don't have those. Yeah, no, they don't. So she's, a, she's, a, she's an adult. 
She's an adult, yes. She Evil is. adult. Quit saying she's a little girl. And her dad She's little, yes. Picking up cigarettes for her and stuff. <laughs> Let's go to your blitz. This should be ugly. Uh, we'll also pick up the uh, the conference realignment talk with Colorado in substantive talks with the Big 12. According to CBS Sports this morning, Brett Yormark making the move, trying to get the Buffaloes to help replace Texas and Oklahoma. And don't uh, leave out Arizona. I think they're in that conversation, too. We'll pick that up on the other side. But first, gossip and blitz, and then, of course, Craig Way. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just the gossip. Brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights, the domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns, the Texas X's, and that Texas OU game, October 7th. OU is the biggest rival for the Longhorns, but uh, we'll see. They may have to make that decision once they join the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Buck, from the uh, salacious gossip category, i got to give some good news. It's salacious gossip. We need some good news. 96-year-old woman in Canada named Regine Fairhead. Unfortunate name. Regine <laughs> Fairhead broke a world record over the weekend, ran a 5K in over 51 minutes, fastest time ever recorded by a woman of the age 95. Oh. 95 are running a 5K. Congrats to her. Uh, unfortunately, an 85-year-old man in Japan got arrested on Sunday trying to steal two packs of condoms from a convenience store. What's up with these old people? I know. Well, he doesn't want to be Al Pacino, obviously. That's right. Trying to take Al Pacino's care of his, 83 take care of his business. Al Pacino's 83 and just fathered a child with a 29-year-old. You can, hey, you think Al at 83 would know how to prevent that? Unless he's trying. He wants her to tap right. into the wealth. That's right. The gold digger girl that he's knocked up. I got to give you this, Buck. So video is out of an 18-pound cat in Thailand. 18-pound cat fell off a sixth-floor balcony, smashed through a back windshield of a car, and it's completely fine. No broken bones. That is some heavy cat. What do they say about nine lives, cats? Wow. Yeah, didn't even break a bone. Unbelievable. That's a fat cat. That is right a there. fat cat. I wonder yes. if some of that uh, fat helped out cushioning Probably. the blow of the uh, the fall through the windshield. Uh, that is that is some stuff right there, my friends. That yeah, is that'll get a blitz response right there for sure. <laughs> also, we got this text that says. Uh, Guys, I was going to watch Natalia last night because I heard you guys talking about it. I was home alone, saw the opening, and her saying she had evil thoughts. Could not continue. Have to wait for daylight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can't watch it at dark. You'll be looking underneath your bed so for stop sure. Stop calling her a little girl. She's an evil adult with dwarfism. Just a little. She's also, a very mixed up child that needs child. to have some help. I have to. She probably was mixed up as a child, but that doesn't make her a child still. She probably has some childlike tendencies and uh, maturity level, but she's pushing mamas into electric fences. She's trying to <laughs> kill her mom. <laughs> Got to play this video for her. I hate to do this because you really need to see the video, but it, it's funny enough to... All right, Ty, bring, bring our theme music down just a little bit. Let's play this. This is a live video of uh, a Taylor Swift concert over the weekend that was attended by one Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Jets. Can we hear this real quick? So that's her. Is that Aaron Rodgers and Chad together? Is that Aaron Rodgers and Chad together? Uh, no. Now the video is funny because that's one of her hit songs. But if you see this video, Buck, Aaron is all into this. He is He's not just there. He is a Swifty if there ever was one. Look at this dude. 
I mean, he's dancing. He's getting the groove on. He's probably trying to be her next boyfriend. Oh, oh boy. look at him. Look at him. Look at him doing the robot. Come on, man. You okay with that? Aaron Rodgers doing the uh, Swifty dance? I am not down with that at all. Well, you know who else was there with him? Uh, there, well, who's the the actor that's... Uh, gosh. Well, Bradley Cooper was not far down from where he was standing. He was kind of dancing. Well, doesn't he have that dude Miles, pal that he goes hangs out with? Miles Teller. Oh, Miles is Teller. that the Hawaii yes. guy? Yes. His buddy Miles Teller was oh, there. Yeah. And he was he was kind of doing what most guys will do. He's kind of just bouncing to the deep beat. Aaron was getting all going, doing the oh, wave. Yeah. He was deep in it. <laughs> he was all in, man, on Taylor Swift. Well, there's your quarterback, Jets. That's your guy. Let's go to the Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. Yeah, you'll hear about that when he gets back to Jets camp. First Blitzer, you're up. Hey, Bucky. Yeah. I mean, Dad, Dad, will you take me to a WNBA game on Father's Day? <laughs> no, no, I will not, Nadia. Next Blitzer, you're up. You. Coach. Yes. Two things for you. Now we see why Aaron Rodgers can't win the big one. He's a Swifty. <laughs> Second thing, I got an idea for your show. Let's invite. Ty's mom on the show and then you remember that little guy that you made mad when you tried to help him up onto the chair have him on the show there for her no no that little guy was like 50 years old that guy that's, that guy is probably past next blitzer you're up you say that hear me now see me later the Longhorn hardballers will win the college world series get to the chopper do it now <laughs> Wow. Next blitzer, you're up. This is Roberto Crap. Mr. Unfair Head. I'd like to know more about Ms. Nor and have her test my hydraulics. <laughs> That's Al Pacino's baby mom. Wow. Next blitzer, you're up. Yeah, this is uh Bev. Uh Kearney. Hey, so sorry about that seven pound cat. <laughs> I'd love to make her feel better. 18 pounds. 18, 18 pounds. pounds Still living. Wow. Next blitzer, you're up. If Natalia had my bush, she'd oh. look like Cousin It with a perm. This is Pam Cummins. Wow. Next blitzer, you're up. Too much. Nick Saban, crying about all the money being spent in Texas and universities. You've got more championships. What do you want? More money to win more championships? You want them all, you greedy bastard. <laughs> Next blitzer, you're up. Somebody say Swifty. Swifty's nuts. <laughs> Next blitz, you're up. Yeah, this is a pastor uh, smasher. Some smasher. Yeah, I did some uh, naked gardening over the holiday weekend, and it was pleasant. Yeah, that was a pretty decent blitz. Yeah, all the all stars were out. We're getting very close to my wife saying 100% that I can do the naked garden. Good, I like this. And what's that? Fans only? Only fans. Only fans, fans only. Whatever. Might be for your age. Yeah. Fans only. <laughs> Uh, somebody said first De Niro now Pacino with babies. That's right. Yeah, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino are having children in the same calendar year. Wow, strong. And the girl that uh, Robert De Niro has fathered a child with—no, I mean Al Pacino—was dating Mick Jagger. 
before she dated this old dude. He's like 79. I bet she wears those dudes out.